Um, shared the. Yeah, he shared. What did he share? I shared. The relationship. Chris, oh, the Chris. relationship one. Oh, you said it's so. Cat, you wanted it to be organic. It was, it was so such organic. a natural transition. It, it was yeah, so it was natural. Great. I just meant, okay. I'll put I'll put this in the top of the pot so people know that we're we're naturals <laughs> at this. Let's try this and try that and try this and uh, then try that and try this and try that and uh, ooh, incidental the conversation readily let us revel in all the pedestrian effort join as we call out our minds and share some common thoughts with Jim and Phil. Of course, whether silly or important, come on, it's fine to open up your mind, relax because it's time to try this song for size. All right, welcome back to Try This On For Size. This is episode 80. Um, hi, Jim. Hi, Phil. How's it going? It's good to see you. Um, we're super excited to have back after a long hiatus, but joining the Three Timers Club, our good friend Michael Gambit, James Dillon. <laughs> hello, hello. Thank you for having me. How are you? Good. It only took six years to get that the third end. <laughs> you know, some people have to really work hard for that. Uh, we yeah, got to make first jackets. Episodes must not have been very good. <laughs> <laughs> you helped us get, uh, you know, we took you for granted. That's, that's on us. You helped us get us launched oh, okay. and, you know, we're, we're coming back with gratitude in, in our, in our eighties. Mm-hmm. You guys knew I'd <laughs> be here when you came back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll be free. Well, <laughs> yeah. <He's around. laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's get into where are we all at, um, and uh, why don't we just start with our distinguished guest? Where are you at, Gambit? I am at, physically. I am in my apartment in Brooklyn, and mentally and emotionally, I am at a place of. Uh, I think things right now are really busy um, with work and just in life in general. Um, just sort of being between the two holidays, like catching up on everything that didn't get done before Thanksgiving trying to wrap up things before Christmas. But I do hope that we're like a week or two weeks away from things really quieting down. And like, we'll be in Buffalo for Christmas, which will be awesome to see my family. And then we'll go see uh, Kylie's family for New Year. So there should be a good stretch at the end of the year where things kind of quiet down. So looking forward to that. Nice. Jimbo? I am. It is the same time of year for me. So I'm in the same like (laughs) kind of in-between zone, uh, which I think is leading me to the conclusion that I'm a bad employee because I, um, or I don't know, like I've just, I'm bad. I switched jobs this year and I'm in a startup environment again. And I viewed like having been four years um, immediately before this in like a large company environment, I kind of viewed the time between um, Thanksgiving and and Christmas as just like phone it in, get to Mm. the end of the year. And some of my coworkers are like fully in the startup zone, which is great for like the, you know, the health of our company, but um, (laughs) like, let's do, let's actually do things in these weeks. So it's getting a little tired, um, but excited to go home and see family. Chris and I are going to Kentucky, which is where my parents are now, Um, like very quickly, just for like three days between um, like that long weekend, essentially um, that's leading into Christmas this year. And then uh, we'll be back in California for the rest of that week between New Year's, nice. which I'm super excited about. I've like been looking forward to this. I don't know mm. if something like greater is wrong with me, but I just really want to like be in in like my home and not be doing anything. I feel, I don't know if I'm just <laughs> kind of 
yeah, I don't, um, but I'm super excited because we just like have a shutdown. So everyone, no one will be working um, the week between Christmas and New Year. You know, uh, uh, yeah. I was listening to this thing recently that was like, you got to be grateful just for even like getting home from work each day. Like we take it for granted that like everything goes smoothly about that. And I was also just mm -hmm. thinking like, I am appreciating right now that my Christmas is just like at home and my mom is 10 minutes away. Like, and I was thinking about both of your travels and just uh, flight cancellations and uh, all that jazz. Um, and it also, and then just as an old callback to you Gambit, does your dad know the exits from New York city? Because I know he had the whole thing about like BC to Buffalo. He would like call out. He's like, what exit are you at? Okay, see you at 6.03. But does he have that down for New York City? Not as not as good as he had Boston mm -hmm. to Buffalo. And, but I think what's fun for him is that there are different ways for us to get out of the city to get home. <laughs> so that's like now always a good first question. Like, oh, which which way did you guys go? Did you get where did you catch 84 and take 84 tonight? Mm -hmm. It's like, right. You know, it all is very stimulating. The same yeah. part of the room, but he doesn't have it. Um, he doesn't have it locked down quite as he does the yeah. night turning into the pike. Well, all we can hope for is something to engage our brains as as we age. Yeah, like our, our children's new pathways home. <laughs> my dad also really—I don't know if this is a universal dad thing—but my dad also likes travel as like or just like up, updates and like getting from A to B. But I'll like be at the gate, like he'll know that I'm at the gate at the airport and he'll like send me like a flight tracker, like screen grab on his phone. It's like the flight like delayed. I'm like, I am where the flight, like it does, I don't care where the flight is. I don't care where it's coming from. I don't care why it's delayed. Like I can't get on until it gets here. Um, but he That's likes hilarious. those. Yeah, my dad's go-to is, um, well, this used to be when we drive from Boston to Buffalo, he'd call and he'd say like, what exit are you at? If you didn't know what exit, you could ask for the mile marker. Like, oh, we're you know we're at exit fourteen. He'd go exit fourteen. Okay, that'll put you there. Five forty two. See you guys later. And then he'd just like hang up. <laughs> and like, no matter where you were on that stretch, he would like just do a quick little estimate of what when you're going to get in, and that's all he needed to know. Mm -hmm. Love yeah. that. Um, where are you at, Philbo? I am also in the same uh, time of year. Uh, uh, but for school people, that is the like, uh, it's weird, sort of the the semester changes in late January, but it very much feels like we're all pushing hard to this break. It's, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's the longest break we get during the school year. I think it's like 11, 11 days. Um, so yeah, I've been been very we got over some humps recently at work so i feel like i've been in a little bit better of an equilibrium with it um but we're juggling you know illnesses constantly and uh child care and all those different things um but i think uh i think i'm more on top of it mentally currently um but i'm also laughing at myself because of like how how hard I'm working just to be on top of it mentally and not pausing to just be like, you just got to laugh. Like it's absurd. Uh, trying to work, raise kids, uh, own mm. something, you know, and it's like, and it's not even to be like uh, the person with kids on the pod. It's just sort of like, we're all juggling more in these days. It feels like, um, 
And uh, I don't give myself enough grace to just be like, sure, you could be more disciplined about your to-do list, but who gives a shit? <laughs> like, like yeah. why? Uh, so it's hard for me to release that. So, but I'm working on releasing that in uh, 2023, last month of 2023. So yeah, but uh, that's that's a good segue to uh, hum- uh, humility because I am constantly being humbled by my lack of time. Mm. Is that is humility the topic for the? Yeah, yeah, it is the, the topic, Jim. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you the first question, so that means you got to intro the topic. Oh, I didn't know it was also. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just two two tenured pod hosts here, really making it happen. Um, yeah, the topic this week is humility. <laughs> The word of the week is, um, no. Okay, so this week we've invited Michael to the pod to discuss um, whether or not we're humble people and what humbles us and what even is humility. Um, and so in that spirit and that like on that topic and in the spirit of the time of year that it is, we're also thinking about this in terms of like a year wrap up. Mm-hmm. scenario so we you don't know what they are yet but we've all um kind of reflected on things that have made us humble in 2023 and so we have those ready to go but we're not just gonna like list them out we're just gonna you know talk about humility get to know one another, one another better and then um when it feels nice and cozy we might share with you our like faithful listener one of these humbling moments um, yeah this isn't a buzzfeed t- <laughs> buzzfeed <laughs> list for you all we're, we're not, gonna get in deep yeah we're not yet at the listicle like era yeah. of our pod but yeah, we'll, we'll get uh, there yeah we'll just be pumping out yet. we'll just be pumping yeah. out emails that's it <laughs> um but yeah so i'm excited to talk about this topic um i feel i like so like i was joking with phil when he uh thought of the topic for this um, show because I was like, oh, I'm the most humble person you've met, which is like a very not humble thing to do, I think. Um, but it, it was coming, my place of truth that it was coming from was like, I feel like very incompetent at doing a lot of things and like insecure about doing a lot of things. So I guess just to like get us on the same page, I was wondering like what you all think is humility and like if I guess you think that you're a humble person. Well, clearly, clearly we had Gambit on the pod because he's the, our most humble guest we could have called up. So yes. why don't you start, start us off? Well, I mean, it is it is funny to be discussing humility on a podcast. I think we have to acknowledge the irony of that right away. Um, yeah, so acknowledged. Yeah. Now that we've acknowledged that, we can go on and talk about our humility. Um, that's mm. a good question. I, I think I don't know that I would have ever prided myself on being humble, but I do think part of my experience growing up and now in my early thirties is like the humbling experiences seem to be coming more and more frequently. You know what I mean? I feel like that's a sign of, of growing up is like really recognizing your limits and your shortcomings and, you know, those high opinions you might've had of yourself or what you can achieve, you know, realizing that they fall short or like what you used to be able to do, you might not be able to do anymore. Like that's such an interesting reality to come up against every day. Um, so I wouldn't go around, you know, bragging about my humility, but I can definitely say, I feel like I'm someone who's experiencing a fair amount of humbling experiences on a more consistent basis. Um, you know, seemingly every week. Yeah. yeah I, I guess 
like just um, super academically, like, is it, is it possible to be proud of your humility? Like, mm. are you, the second you're proud of being humble, are you no longer humble? Huh. It's like, is that like a paradox? Um, but I like the framing. Um, I think, you know, we are getting to that age where things, or I don't know, like for whatever reason, it seems like when you're younger, you just don't see the limit and don't see like, you're just filled with like this potential and these like, this bushy t- you have this bushy tail or whatever and starry eyes and now life. for me there's like a a joking definition of humility that uh i always laugh about with my family where it's like if you try to compliment anybody they're like no no actually uh, you know this person did all the work and they're like well really it was this person and it's just like uh i've had a lot of running jokes with cousins of mine just about how no one can take a compliment. So I don't necessarily think that's humility. I think that's sort of a weird, like take the spotlight off of me kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But I think growing up, I thought that was more humility. It's like, just not, not like reveling in credit for something, but being like, well, it's a team or there's, you know, multiple people involved. And, um, but I think of it now a little bit more what you were saying, Dills. And, um, I think, I think about it as like those things that make you pause for a second and and that could be like a really short pause or that could be like a a longer pause where it really takes you back and you're just sort of you have to think to yourself like wow I'm I'm learning something new like I thought I thought I had this figured out and I clearly don't and I think that's more of how I think about it um is like these moments that kind of make you step back uh rather than just the oh Philip you know he's all he's never he never puts himself above others. He never, you know, I, I think I think more about it as those moments, um, which is right. why, you know, the list thing, I think is a cool thing to talk about. Yeah, I definitely agree for me. I mean, I feel like it's moments that sort of um, bring clarity to things that, you know, we've been recognizing slowly over time. It's like, okay, what was the point in time where suddenly that the accumulated wisdom became clear? Like, oh, okay, this is right. something that I now know to be true about me and my experience and um you know how i'm gonna move forward now having had this experience but i think and i think to like fold in your family's definition of um humility philip like i think part of it is kind of just realizing like your place in things yeah. and kind of how things don't get done there is no like singular like mover or like person like we're all the product of our like um environment our family and our friends and and so obviously so anything we do you know like taking credit for it um you know saying like actually it was so and so who helped me out like that is probably you know in the examples you're giving like moving the spotlight and being a little bit sheepish but you know it's i think there's also some truth to it um and so and like yeah and thinking about examples um from my experience for like when I've been humbled, I was like getting it kind of mixed up. And so I'm interested to like, is the, like I'm interested if the definition with like awe is overlapping Um, Mm. because I was thinking like, I like, I feel humble like being in like really beautiful nature sometimes. Like, and so like that fits into my definition of like just realizing your place in things. Like Mm. I'm just this tiny little thing in this like crazy big, uh, but I was wondering, but then I was wondering to myself, like, is that just awe and like our, like how our 
how we're experiencing awe and experiencing humility related was kind of where my head was going. Preparing yeah, for. I actually think that's a type of humility that I think I'm actually probably bad at. Um, I've always struggled to like, it's not like I think of myself as this outsized, outsized importance, but I do struggle, I think, to think of myself as really small. I don't know how to like... I guess I've just always struggled with that concept. I'm not like opposed to it, but I think when I'm in those sort of nature moments, I'm more like grateful. Um, so I feel more of a feeling of gratitude, but I also like, I kind of wish sometimes that I was able to sort of, uh, yeah, maybe not get so obsessed with whatever I'm worrying about in the moment because I am mm -hmm. like being mm -hmm. humble just about like, yeah, my place in the world is just, is just one small blip of a ginormous universe. Yeah. yeah. I never would have, would have tied those two together, humility and awe. But now that you've laid it out, like, I think it makes total sense to have them be side by side. Cause it's like, I think both in many ways are sort of an acknowledgement of like your own smallness and insignificance relative to the vastness of everything else that's going on either mm. in nature or just amongst, you know, your own community. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But Phil, do you think you've struggled to see yourself as small because you are quite a tall person? <laughs> Surrounded by people who are considerably shorter than me. <laughs> the thing you asked off pod, Jim, that I wanted to also uh, throw out here um, and give you credit for the question, which was just the like, how do you get to those humility moments? Um, because, uh, yeah, I can totally... And the year in reflection is that I appreciate it because uh, I had to be like, oh, yeah, what was I humbled by this year? Because there's very good chance in the moment I was like, you know, or just trying <laughs> to not actually take the lesson from it and just, you know, struggle through. But for you guys, how do you find you typically get to the moment where you realize uh, you're being humbled by something? Well, I can just uh, um, the, the reason I was thinking about that was because I was thinking about my like. Um, romantic partnership with my living boyfriend Chris um, and how like that was that was clearly like something that I think I've been humbled by this year it was just like how challenging not challenging in like a bad way but like um, like it's it's humbling um, now that I've you know dated someone for I think like the longest time that I dated anyone and like we're sharing a space together these are all like first for me it's humbling um to learn like just how challenging it can be to um, like build like a respectful, um, like reliable and uh, like something that, I don't know, how, how challenging it is to build a good relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking like I was not, I've gotten to that place like through frustration. My, like, so like, <laughs> like, like I, yeah, I don't know if Chris will listen to this, but, um, but like, like we've had, you know, in my mind, like very good fights or like good, like disagreements throughout this year. Um, we just started living together end of last year. And um, like, I think I have like hopefully challenged myself and grown a little bit when we've just disagreed and I'm like, I don't like me just kind of restating my point is not actually going to be useful in this project. Um, 
where typically it has been useful or, you know, at least like with, you know, your siblings, your friends, like you can just right. restate your point and, you know, then either walk away from the situation, let it cool off. But like with a partner, I'm finding, you know, you, you really have to like, or I think it's helped me to really try to see things from his end um, and to realize that like me just being right is not, you know, really super useful at all. Uh, so yeah. So I like got to humility and now I'm like humbled by the person that Chris is and like, hard it is to have a relationship but i was not humble at first at first i was very frustrated and like annoyed um that he just wasn't like agreeing with me because of course i'm right all the time um <laughs> about like who does laundry the right amount or who takes the dog out or you know typically the catalyst for these disagreements were super like minuscule like cohabitation things but um but i don't know so yeah so so i'm curious if you guys have exa- if any of your examples like you were humbled immediately or you had a similar like like what the heck and then became humbled later um kind of journey or yeah i found that my my moments of being humbled like tend to happen pretty suddenly um mm-hmm. which might just be a lack of awareness on my part like this is something i should have noticed beforehand and it takes like a significant situation for it to suddenly crystallize um, but two of the examples that I thought up were very much like moments of like, okay, this is, I feel differently now than I did before this day. And then, yeah, one, the other one is, comes from a book that I've been reading, which I didn't like read with the hope of like finding humility. It was just sort of like an idea that was presented that then forced me to consider, you know, if I agree with this, what does that mean for other beliefs that I have. Mm. Um, but again, still happens seemingly very suddenly, you know, just in the course of a day of reading mm. through a couple of chapters. What, what example My, do you think of that you got, you got humbled? Yeah. Drop it on us. What's your, top, <laughs> what's your first one? Um, all right. So do you want, the, yeah. So this year I tried on for size um, running a marathon, which is something that forever since we were at BC watching marathon Monday, I never had any interest in doing. I love watching marathons. I love being there. I love supporting other people. And I always said like, not for me, don't need to do it. Um, and, but then just over the years, like I've seen enough of them that I was like, you know what? I would kind of want to know how I would do, could I do it? And so last winter I committed to like a training plan, you know, I was running during the week. I was doing long runs on the weekends. And I think what I was surprised by was one, how much I enjoyed it. And two, how good the long runs were going for me. And so the longest run I did before the actual marathon was 22 miles. And it was like so much fun, like running through New York, running along the water, running over the bridges. Like I finished that and I was like, this feels so good. I get why people do it. And was like very much looking forward to marathon day. The day of the marathon, I got to mile 16 and very suddenly recognized the next hour of my life is going to suck. (laughs) And God bless my in-laws who all came out to watch and support. And they were there like from every mile, from mile 16 to the end, they would like pop up somewhere. And having to watch them be there supporting me and knowing internally and also externally how physically like horribly I was presenting. Um, there was just a lot of thoughts, you know, not wanting to be seen in a moment of just knowing how much physically I was hurting. 
having gone into this thing, like expecting it to go, not that I expected it to be easy, but I was like, I'll get to mile 21 and then it'll be hard to have it be hard, just past the halfway point. And for like the next hour and a half to two hours, have it like really just physically hurt to not be able to run as fast as I was like used to running. It just, it was just like, okay, wow. My body isn't something that I necessarily have full control over. And I'm capable of getting myself into situations that I desperately am going to want out of. And like the only way out is through, which I guess is a bit of a cliche. Mm -hmm. And then to keep this short, the fallout of the marathon was, um, you know, through training and through running it, I had been experiencing like some pain in my Achilles, which I think just the old high school athlete in me thought like, Oh yeah, once I'm done, I'll take a break and that'll Mm -hmm. like heal up. And it's been, nine months and I'm still rehabbing those. And so like a bit of recognition of like, okay, my thirties are going to be a bit different than my (laughs) twenties physically. (laughs) Like I can't just go out and do things like this and expect there to be no repercussions. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think all of that really, you know, came to bear around mile 16 and 17. Did you just, did you go out too fast? It, um, you know what it was? I think it was, it was a hillier course than I trained um, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of, you know, where I was doing my long runs was up, uh, the West side highway in Manhattan, which super flat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. come having lived in Chicago, which is even more flat. I was like, no, this is great. I'm mm-hmm. running over the bridges. I'm getting some elevation yeah. in. Um, but the race was on Cape Cod and there uh, wasn't really a flat moment. And mm-hmm. I went out at the same pace that I would do a run here at. And I think I got halfway through and my body was like, okay, great. We're you're tapped. <laughs> you used all yeah. your resources. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but you, did you finish? I finished. Yes, I finished. And um, I felt so bad because Kylie and all of her family were there and they were like super supportive and they were like really happy. And like, I couldn't even talk <laughs> to them. Like at the end of it, like I needed like 20 minutes. So they went and like went to a restaurant, like a pub around the yeah. corner um, mm. where we were going to eat. And I just like sat for like 30 minutes and just like gathered myself, drank water. Uh, I'm curious about what you were saying, like with Kylie's family showing or, you know, your, your family showing up and, um, and, you know, not being able to show up the way that you wanted to show up. It sounds like that was like part of the humbling experience. Yeah. Well, I think there was also something too about, you know, just how generous their support was like, it's not even that they were expecting me to look or do great. I mean, you know, they knew that this isn't an easy thing. It's just in that moment mm-hmm. to be like, I feel awful. And you're here only for me, like out of the pure selflessness, you know, the goodness of your heart, you're here with a sign mm-hmm. that you made cheering me on because I arbitrarily mm-hmm. chose to do this thing. You know, like mm-hmm. it just made me in that moment where I'm feeling physically unwell, then just feel like emotionally guilty, mm-hmm. um, which is my own issue yeah. to deal with, to, you know, accepting. Yeah that kind of support from other people. No, I get that. Well, my, uh, the first moment that I thought of is actually very trivial, but it, um, for those that know me very well, they, uh, and actually maybe this is even more personal than I get with both of you, but I can't stand ruining clothes. Like it just, (laughs) nothing pisses me off more that I just like, and I'm terrible at cleaning stains out of clothes. Like I never know what to do. I go into panic I like Google it every time and every time I do it wrong. Well, I've been very humbled by how 
it is just impossible for me to have clean clothes with these children. And I'm already kind of a messy person. I used to joke that I'm just like, I'm bad at eating. Like I, I'm a, it just looks bad. It's not, it's not clean. I'm a loud chewer. <laughs> it's just a big disaster. But I like, there are so many pairs of pants. I'm just like, fuck another stain. And I think the, the reason why I thought of it for 2023 is I think this is the first year I've just accepted, like people are actually going to give me a break on the stains on my clothes because they're just going to assume like I have kids and there's like a there's like a Liz Lemon joke from 30 Rock where uh her like secretary uh is it Siri is it Siri or Siri I can't remember now but she's Siri, yeah. Siri. she's just like oh I thought you had like four kids and she's like what and she said well you always have stains on your clothes <laughs> And so I realized like I I've just become that person and like uh, and one day a few years you know give me a few more years and then I will start buying nice clothes for myself cuz maybe I'll be past it but um yeah it's just it's just a loss I just mm-hmm. got to take the L on it and uh I definitely so you- to the earlier question I have been frustrated about it for most of the time <laughs> rather than humble but do you find now like if you spill something on yourself you're less likely to clean it up because you're like, people just think this, that's the yeah, case. Yeah, I, I think I honestly, in the last month, I might have gotten to that spot. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds nice. It sounds freeing. <laughs> it's a little bit freeing. I, I probably still haven't fully uh, let it go. But uh, yeah, that's... Um, I can get to my second moment of humility in a very roundabout way. I don't know if it's... But I don't think it'll be like... So Do it. Now we, need to, now we need to I, hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I... There, I have a stain, like just today, I've been so bugged out. Like I had this stain on my jeans um, and I like, I assumed it was food, uh, but I think it came from, I was like staining a, um, and it also bugs me out, Bill, uh, but, or I don't know. I try to, you know, keep, keep my, I don't know, whatever. Uh, I had this stain, it was bugging me out. I think I figured it out. I think I was like staining this little garden that we've set up in the backyard, um, to start planting things with next year. And I'm only making the garden because I realized that I have zero connection to um, our like physical <laughs> earth. <laughs> and I only <laughs> like, like absolutely zero connection. Um, and like in, in making the garden, I was humbled because I also have no connection to like power tools or construction um, or things like that. Um, so yeah, that's, but that could be, you know, my, Humility point number three. The only reason that I made the garden was because I was reading a book um, called Braiding oh, Sweetgrass, yeah, yeah. which is really good. Yeah. Have you heard of it? Um, I've not. I haven't heard yeah, of that. It's really good. Uh, it's awesome. It's by this um, this native person who's also a botanist at um, the SUNY for like forestry, um, and she is a super talented writer and also seems like a very impressive botanist. Uh, and so kind of like weaves in these like uh, indigenous stories with like her understanding of botany and kind of just like Western science and like how she's like squared those two things in her mind, which is super um, fascinating. And like, I think, you know, could be super beneficial for like lots of different uh, Western disciplines, uh, not just botany. But um, what was humbling about like reading this book was just that, um, like she like kind of opens with 
sort of like a native like Genesis story and like weaves in like lots of um, uh, like native stories throughout. Uh, and I am just realizing that like, you know, our kind of Western conception of everything is like just one conception. And just because like we've made that conception universal by, you know, colonizing most of the planet, um, like those, like the way that I think about things is not, like the only way to think about things, um, which sounds like super dumb and like we're at like a freshman <laughs> survey course. But um, yeah, it's just humbling to like think about like my, like I, I just, I guess reading the book, I didn't realize how many of my worldviews are rooted in a super, like one super foundational conceit, which is kind of like individuality and like maximum efficiency and kind of like getting at the problem like even like i like do science for work and so think about science all the time um and you know I, it's not that like i realize that the way that i've been doing science is all wrong but i think like i've assumed that the way that i've been taught science is like universal and the only way to do science um but that is you know now saying that out loud like seems super small-minded and so it was just humble like listening both to like conceptions of worldview but also understanding of science um something and, yeah, that no, so just super no i appreciate that something that uh, i just i wanted to yes and that story which is like it reminds me a lot of um you know starting to learn about uh you know the history of colonization racism sexism homophobia all of those things in college and just being like oh my and like really enjoying learning about it and then I feel like it was a few years after college where I had to be really humbled by like no one gives a shit that you're just learning about that you know what I mean like because there's that moment where you're like guys I'm learning about something really exciting and so it's also making me connect to your point earlier Jim about like our smallness in the world like yeah you just figured that out or <laughs> um <laughs> so I find I really yeah. seek out those moments like I always um I like to think of myself as, as a humble learner, but there's also the, you can easily not be humble by being like, look at what I now know, uh, which is a funny one that I've kind of learned in uh, my post-college years. Yeah, I think that's super, uh, that's a good way of thinking about it. And like, yeah, like I'm just here right. at the beginning. Like, it's like you're staring up to get back to my like national parks or like just kind of big, beautiful nature example at the top was like like you're looking up like a very impressive like tall um granite wall or like a big like redwood tree or something um and you're like i'm like i'm just at the beginning like there's this whole like way to go or you know maybe i, I won't get up there but there's like yeah. this big thing yeah um, what's your next but, one gambit well i was gonna say i could go i have two more and i could go in either direction would you prefer the light-hearted <laughs> one or the academic one jim sort of opened the door for both there i know i think dealer's <laughs> choice my friend all right yeah both well four. i'll go uh off the garden opening up the garden conversation i'll try to keep this one super brief mm. i don't know about you guys but when i was oh, growing no. up i used to get stung by bees and wasps all the time Every summer, at least two or three times no. a summer, I'd get stung. <laughs> and to the point where like I've, I've lost count. And it was almost like a point of pride as I got older when I'd be like out and other people, like a bee would come into the area and people would freak out. And I'd be like, nothing to worry about here, just a bee. 
and it's gonna it's more likely to attack you if you freak out right yeah yeah so fast forward many years i haven't been stung in a long time and earlier this fall i was with a couple of friends in long island and we went disc golfing and we just finished the second hole we were walking the tee of the third hole and i feel a very sudden sting in my left shin and i look down and there's a bee just like stuck into me and it hurt and so i, I flicked it away and i was like oh god that sucks it's annoying whatever pulled my sock up and like kept going and the two guys i was with freaked out they were like oh that's not good bees are bad you know like i was like it's not a big deal been stung so many times we're fine we play like five or six more holes we get to like holes you know eight or nine i start to feel like kind of tired and like i kind of like go down into like a catcher stance like i rest on my legs while we're waiting for a group to move and then i stood up and just like immediately everything just started like spinning what? and i sat down and i was like oh i don't feel good and i saw in my friend's eyes how horrible i must have looked because when he looked at me he was like he didn't say anything. he was just like oh and apparently like all the color in my face had just like disappeared what? and i had like had a rash that was like starting to let each day over. <laughs> and then I was like, I gotta lay down. So then I just like laid down on the dirt, like in the woods. And my friend just like took off sprinting to like go get me water. And the humbling moment for me was like having this small sense of pride of like, I don't freak out around bees. I've been stung. They're not a big deal. To going back to the first point or the first story where it's like realizing your body isn't necessarily the same as what it used to be. And like it knocked mm -hmm. me out. Like for the rest of the day, I was like low energy, exhausted, you know, had like this terrible rash. Um, and again, it was another moment where it was like the support of the people around me was like super necessary and generous, but almost made me feel worse because I was like, <laughs> I am such baggage for you right now. Like you're, you have to take care of me. <laughs> um, yeah and then like the rest of this fall like i've been out in different places and like bees have flown around and i've been like shit stay away from me yeah <laughs> this is a scary little little oh, thing here man i am uh <laughs> that was great i am chuckling for two reasons one uh, like everyone's going to be concerned about your health by the end of this <laughs> I <know. laughs> and then two is just uh uh, just a shout out to a uh, listener of the pod, Kyle, who will relate because he loves uh, marathon running and that sort of stuff, but also has always been terrified of bees. So I'm sure the second you start this story, he's gonna be like, that's not good. The bee, the bee, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> he's been on the bees thing forever. And the, none you know of what? us listen. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm someone who definitely has a bit of, you know, hypochondria. Like I'm typically the person who's like, oh, we should, you know, that's probably not going to be good for your health. Right. But bees for me, I was like, I've seen it. I've done it. I'm good. They're not that scary. And it's like, as soon as you get a little bit of confidence, yeah. that's yeah. when they get you. But yeah, my health. Otherwise, otherwise, my health is good. I'm going to request the doctor's note at the end yeah. of the pod. I, I have never been sung by a bee. Uh, yeah. so that like, that blows my mind. It, it, it's it's been stung my mind. so many times. I am. I know. Well, this. Remember, I have no connection to the earth. So, oh, true. Yes. <laughs> true, 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 true. You're not of the earth. <laughs> uh, I'm not of the earth. Uh, but well, what you just said there at the end, um, I thought actually had like some nice resonance, which was just like, 
you get some confidence and then like it gets knocked out of you or whatever because i think like confidence is good <laughs> like you know or like useful for a lot of things and like uh, maybe you shouldn't be so brazen around bees but also like like maybe not freaking out in the pre in the space of bees is also yeah. useful uh so yeah just now wondering i have no i have nothing like super um, conclusive to share but like wondering now what the kind of interplay between like confidence and humility should yeah. be or is yeah. oh i mean i think there's because you need confidence sometimes yeah i do think humility i mean in my experience for me it's like the moments of feeling humbled are it's when confidence comes up against reality and it's like oh i was overshooting mm -hmm. big time here um i'm gonna try to connect my last two actually <laughs> mainly not even just because of time but because like uh i actually don't i don't feel like i love my second one um not that this is a competition but i just feel like they're uh they're just sort of like life things that i've generally been humbled by in my uh 2023 year so the the second one i was gonna uh, provide was just like i think i've been very experiencing how um kind of the like delayed feelings you have uh when you actually have a 30-year mortgage and it's not like the it's not the paying it it's not the years i know you can like sell a house but i think um I think it's been delayed for both Catherine and I about how like we bought this house, we achieved the thing, like, look at us, like, it's a great house. We really like it. Um, and then the like, wait, are we stuck here? Like, are we, uh, is this where we want to be? Do we want to be doing house repairs on this house? And then you get like house envy and like, that's a new house. That looks like it doesn't need as many repairs. And so I think, um, I don't even have a, like a coherent way to explain it. And like, I could do a lot of the sort of, you know, dumb homeowner stuff of like painting trim is really expensive. Um, those moments that like, I, I wasn't humbled by them. Cause I'm just like, yeah, I assumed that we're going to get our ass kicked on that sort of stuff. But I think it, I've been humbled by like how kind of subtle, how much it sneaks up on you. Well, yeah, because I'm so, I think, you know, for a lot of us, like we were so used to bouncing around and just like finding the apartment and the place that we want to live. And, um, and, and we didn't even move to the place that we live now because of school districts or, and it wasn't like big decisions like that. We were just like, this is a good area. It's near my family. Uh, I can commute to my job from there. Um, sort of, sort of like checked a bunch of boxes, but now we're sort of like, we checked a bunch of boxes, but like, were those the boxes that we wanted to check? And um, so, yeah, I think I've been been caught off guard by that and just trying to appreciate that. I can still think flexibly, even if it's the 30 year mortgage. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I guess this isn't so much of a connection, but I don't want to linger on sort of like uh, the heaviness sometimes. Um, but I'll just share that. Like, I think the, I had a I had my own health thing in 2023 that I I can't remember if I talked to you both about but basically like had a string of like traumatic events to people that were close to me and um and then I developed a an, a blood clot um and but it like manifested in like this this weird stomach stuff where I was either like throwing up or I had like super intense pain at one point I was in the hospital for three straight days, which was a first for me. Um, and kind of like what I have done to try to handle it since is 
be really cognizant of how much I carry for other people. Um, and so I've been humbled by like the thing that I think actually made me accelerate in my career. Like I'm good at supporting people has also, it could also be the thing that kind of like, not to be too intense, but like kind of puts it on pause, you know, like if I, if I just caretake people, I will eventually become consumed by it. Um, And so, yeah. And and maybe there's a weird connection with the house too, where it's like, if I just focus on caretaking this house, uh, I won't actually be living. I'll just be focused on caretaking an old house. So that's the connection. I worked my way to it, but, um, but yeah, I think those were two things that really uh, caught me off guard and how much I needed to learn how to change and adapt because like, and it's, and it's kind of freaky because again, it's the thing that, you know, how I build relationships is, is kind of like a blunt force approach. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I'm so committed and I can, I can do so much for people that um, like it builds connections quickly and long lasting. Um, but like, I can't do that. There's always that thing, like you can only really know 150 people. Well, it's some like principle. And uh, I'm like, I'm realizing the stretch, the stretch of that. And so I've definitely been um, paused in my tracks a few times this year with, uh, with it. Yeah. Like I need to, I need to find new ways of, of doing, cause I, I've, I've hit capacity. And especially now that you have two people in your life that you not only have to like care for, but are like the caregiver. Right. Right. Like it's one thing to have a hundred yeah, exactly. people who are adults that you're like helping to support, but then to have like two kids yeah. who like demand a hundred times more. Yeah. Like to then have to like probably turn, like turn down the volume on your support for the other people in right. your life has to be, I'm sure like a bit of a challenge. Yeah. To I like think come to that recognition. Yeah. I think to some degree, and this could be me holding on to something, but I think to some degree, I I weirdly have like, I think good balance with my kids where I'm not like overly, I'm taking care of them, but I'm not trying to overly take care of them because I'm almost at like my brim with everyone. And I think it's preventing me from being a helicopter parent or like from being, you know, overly anxious about it. But, um, but yeah, you're totally right. That like has, has flipped the scales as well, where it's like, I'm proximate to two people who like literally, they legally, they physically, <laughs> mm-hmm. they need me to provide for them uh, yeah. and take care of them. So yeah, it's, the tap is on always. The tap, the tap is on. Yeah. Yeah. They do. They do laugh uh, in very pleasant ways. So that keeps it going. But I don't know if this is like just a today thing, but for some reason I'm feeling like super optimistic, which is typically not my tap. Say, that's all new, right. new for Here us. Here we go. <laughs> And like, I was even like, and I have something productive to say about it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back here, but I thought about it when like, on uh, Michael's first story about like, you know, getting older and I'm like, you know, part of me wants to be like, everything's awful. We're getting older. Our bodies are failing. Like this is biologically why, but I didn't. And I know that I'm kind of saying it now, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I do think um like, so I'm being optimistic and thinking like, that's a really beautiful thing. What you just said about how, like realizing that you were kind of at your limit and like having to take a different tact and like, maybe, you know, it's made you successful 
with relationships or at your work um, and, you know, kind of realizing like maybe you won't be as successful at some things, but that's okay. And like that, I don't know, sounded really beautiful to me just because like, and I think it's a super valuable part of getting older and like acquiring these like moments of humility is like you kind of start seeing things in this really multifaceted way versus like when you're younger, it's like, at least my upbringing was like be financially stable, like find a partner, um, like hopefully they're like of the opposite of the opposite gender, um, which didn't work out, but uh, like get a house, like, you know, do all these things. Like it's very like one track. Um, and so, you know, we think like, and we see older people and we're like, older people are so funny. They're always saying these like wacky things that don't totally make sense, but maybe yeah. they do kind of make sense um, just because, sure. you know, they have like this kind of more, like multifaceted view on what's going on because they've hit up against like like different limitations and you know it's just been stung by a number just quickly what's uh i was just thinking that's kind of funny but that is you know i do work with a lot of uh you know people who are much younger than me at work um and you know i sometimes feel like i'm in part i'm trying to pass on wisdom and I can tell like some of it hits and some of it doesn't. And it's making me think like when you hear like, uh, you know, 70, 80, 80 plus year olds give it. And sometimes their advice like super hits. Uh, it's making me realize like that is like them playing their greatest hits. Like, they, like they've pro they've worked mm -hmm. through so many songs at that point that have not hit that no one knows. <laughs> um but everyone's i feel like every person's entitled to that one piece of wisdom that they got that they they figure out over old age like this is the one this is the one that i'm supposed to impart to others right do you guys want to share your last ones quickly and then we'll get to some dressing room and close out uh i've enjoyed all of these um mine mine could also live in the dressing room so if we want to okay consolidate there i'm happy to have that be the transition piece what's your last one jim, jim you know you got one more yeah, I, I, well, mine could also live in the dressing room. I think the one, like, my kind of hold for laughs was going to the Home Depot <laughs> and having no idea what was going on, um, which is, I'm trying on building that garden because the lady in the book told me I have no connection to the earth. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know how, I don't know what I need from Home Depot. There are too many varieties of every single thing. There are too many things at Home Depot. Mm -hmm. Like you can literally get like an entire kitchen, like a washer dryer, but also like any kind of nail and different wood. And like, I just learned what two by four means. I didn't really understand that. Um, or, you know, like how those yeah. dimensions. I'm like, why does everyone want the same length of <laughs> like wood? But it's not even the length. Right. It's the like height or whatever. Like my entire life, I'm like, why, why is like, everything two like, by four? I, I feel yeah. like I've seen two by four. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, like, it's like, they're not all four inches or four feet. Like I don't get. Now you get it. So I've learned a lot, even just. Built. Yeah. Now I kind of get it. Uh, I think I get it. Um, and how do you feel like when a, an employee walks over to you? Are you like, stay away from me? Or are you welcoming their help? I'm more, I'm more welcoming. It was a particular, like, not great home depot experience because i think they're just like understaffed so i was kind of like my my actually my strategy was to just wander around like oh, i don't know in the wood section and like hope someone hope came that over someone would come and save <laughs> I me i totally did that yeah but i 
but I just kept wondering and like they must have been short staffed because no one and or maybe I'm just not as cute as I once was. No one came and saved me. Well, that's not it. And you must have just so. looked like you knew more than you than you do. <laughs> yeah, I must have looked yeah, like yeah, a real. You were wearing a hoodie. Yeah. Home yeah. Recruitment guy. They're like that guy is connected yeah. to the earth. He knows. <laughs> we don't need to help him. <laughs> we don't need to help him. Out. <laughs> he sleeps that on two by fours. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, we'll give it. What are you trying to emphasize? That's also your uh, third humility moment of the year, and also our ninth of this pod to close this out. So, something I have been trying to emphasize is this book called Determined mm. by Robert Sapolsky. And the reason I saved this for last is because it could open a real can of worms that we don't necessarily want to get into. But the book is sort of his argument against free will. And sort of his scientific reasoning for why free will doesn't exist at all and how everything that happens is essentially predetermined by all of the many factors that have led up to it. And the reason that I have found that to be pretty humbling is if you follow and agree with his argument, it does force you to, to ask some really difficult questions. Um, one of the ones he brings up a lot is like... Um, criminal like the justice system like if we don't have free will what does that mean for people we're putting in prison who've committed crimes for reasons that like they didn't just choose to do wrong like everything led to this moment um and then it also forces you to like recognize your own achievements aren't necessarily because like you have grit or like tenacity it's like this is just how things worked out and then at the same time, your failures and other people's failures aren't because of a lacking of some virtue. It's again, it's just this is how things play out. So it does, it just forces you to to rethink a lot of things and ask a lot of questions. Um, and I'm only partway through it. So like there's still a lot uh, left to dive into, but um, I do think it's a very interesting read. And if you have time on your hands and you're looking for that kind of journey, I'd recommend it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, I like am yeah. predisposed to like a lot of those arguments, but I was even just challenged by what you said about like I feel like we don't have free will. Cuz I think I think about it as like we don't have freedom in a lot of ways, specifically in this country, but to to extrapolate it to like humans don't even have free will period. I'm like, okay, I'll read that book. I, yeah, I he I mean that's where he's <laughs> He goes for he goes for that directly. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. My uh, that just reminds me of a book that I've been trying on for size uh, that I need that I want to keep trying on for size. It's a so the book is called My Grandmother's Hands um, and it's about trauma. And but it's also about uh, race. And the reason why it's a slow read is because every chapter has like different almost like meditative exercises you're supposed to do as a part of it. And for a little stretch this fall, I was reading them on like Saturday mornings uh, before anybody in my house woke up and doing a couple of exercises. And I was like getting a lot from it. So, um, but that was also a book that was challenging a lot of my preconceived notions. And I wonder if it even connects with determined because he talks about um, one of it sort of, I think his maybe more radical arguments for, people that aren't used to used to it is he argues that like white people have a lot of racial trauma and he goes back to like, 
if you go to medieval times, um, how white people tortured each other, enslaved each other, did that. And he's got this theory that this sort of intergenerational trauma passes down and that there's also an element of um, unrecognized uh, trauma that white people are not working through and then therefore traumatizing a, a lot of other black and brown bodies uh, with that. So um, that's another book that, yeah, has been fucking me up um, and making me realize like, cause I, the number one thing it challenged for me uh, again, sticking with the humility theme was that like, I used to think like, Oh, my family, th- th- there's really no trauma that we've been through. Like uh, there is not like one major, like uh, that sucked. Like it's been, <laughs> And uh, this really flipped that on its head. So I want to keep trying that emphasize when I when I get some uh, break coming up. You got one to close this out with, Jim? Something you're trying to emphasize? The earth. Um, I <laughs> I'm trying the I'm trying to get the earth on. I'm trying on reading books that I've like previously bought and not read. So I bought this like admirable. Years ago. That's admirable. Uh, <laughs> it's so boring. The new the books at the bookstore are so much better than the books there. <laughs> It looks so good. Uh, but, but so one of them is this book Flights um, by Olga uh, Tokarczuk. Uh, she's a Polish last name. Um, but it was, and it was translated from Polish into English in like 2017, I think. Um, so, it, and I think I've had it since 2017. Um, but it's really good. Very um, easy, very fun to get lost in. It's just like a bunch of, um, or it's 160 vignettes, all just about travel. Um, so there were all these stories kind of told from the same narrator, but all about like tons of different things. Um, and some of them are like a paragraph and some of them are 30 pages and super creative and fun. Um, so I highly recommend that I'm like about a third of the way through, uh, I'm trying on the gardening and then I'm also trying to learn for no reason whatsoever, Japanese, which is humbling. Um, and I probably will never learn how to do it, but I'm just using that little Duolingo, just that Duolingo app. And then I bought some like, yeah, bought some literature. <laughs> but um, wait, so yeah, that's, that's great. Going on. So this it makes Gambit's point for you. you. The book you bought in 2017, the last time we had Gambit on was 2017. This whole podcast was predetermined. It's, <laughs> the script writers already figured it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well. Or the cosmos. I super enjoyed uh, being humble as we made other people listen to us being humble. Um, <laughs> to Gambit's early disclaimer. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming back on uh, Gambit. Um, I, I hope I've sufficiently confused the listeners by uh, calling you three different names during this pod, as I like to do. But uh, it's I do epic. feel like the audience for this pod is the cross section of people who know. Yeah. Well, it's probably expanded beyond that, but there at least will be a core of people. There at least yeah. be a core who understand. But yeah, we have we have a wide we, listenership at this point, and I know all of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been telling. Um, no, it's really nice having you back, uh, Michael Stills Gambit, and um, I'm happy to connect before the end of the in yeah. 2023. 